Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. My uncle saw a skinwalker. So as I said this happened to my uncle when he was about my age, I'd say early 20s. Maybe 18 or 19. Must have been the 70s in that case. He was out in the Wyoming wilderness tending to a ranch house. Just him and his girlfriend. The owner was out, and had him go up to take care of the animals until he came back. A few days in, and everything was well. Animals well, uncle well. He decides to retire for the night. Goes in the cabin with his girlfriend. Sun goes down, they pass out. Uncle wakes up to the pitch black, and this horrific, hypnagogic scream. 
It was one of those things, he later recalls, that he hoped he had only dreamed. So he lays there for a bit. Things seem okay. Girlfriend doesn't stir. Tries to drift back off. But before he can another one comes. This time undeniably real. Girlfriend wakes and the dog started barking. My uncle gets up, and grabs the shotgun. Heads for the door, but realizes the scream isn't alone this time. Another voice chimes in. Then another. To eventually form what he would later describe as a little chorus of suffering. He starts to back away slowly from the door. And that's when the chanting started. Listening to him tell the story, you'd almost start laughing at this point, unless you were really looking on him, because he was dead serious, and full of all those little micro-expressions that happen as you really recall something. He could hear their footsteps creak up and down the small wooden porch of the cabin. The chanting from multiple voices, multiple footsteps. By this time him and his girlfriend are in a shadow in the corner of the cabin, away from the windows and the light of the fireplace, shotgun leveled at the door. He says it felt like forever, animals screaming, them chanting, him shaking, girlfriend crying. In hindsight, it must have only been 30 minutes or so. Then it all stopped. Not all at once, though. One by one the barking stopped. One by one the scream stopped. Until the last one. With which the footsteps and chanting came to an end. My uncle sat huddled in the corner, though. For several hours. Eventually the sky started to brighten with that morning blue against the silhouette of the pines. He waited a while longer, until the sun crept over the mountain range, before making his way to the window. He had an idea of what he'd see, he'd hunted big game and small game, but this was different. The porch was empty, but the cabin ground weren't. He peeked his shotgun out the front door. Slowly opened it. There in the morning sun, a nice cool morning he recalls, birds chirping, air fresh, the ground was strewn with mutilated animals. Blood everywhere. Everything dead and dissected. Guts and organs strewn about. He puked right there on the porch, when the smell hit him. Regaining his composure he made his way around the animals. An odd detail, he thought in retrospect, were the rubber bands tied around the testicles of some of them. He'd seen enough. Him and his girlfriend noped the F out. They made it to town, called the police, and the owner. Not sure what came of it. He gets visibly shaken to this day just when it's mentioned. He says he thinks it was those skinwalkers, but he's a superstitious backwoods hick more or less. I live in Portland, Oregon, but I work at Mount Rainier National Park as a backcountry ranger. I would like to remain anonymous, so please refrain from including my name. On the night of the 5th of September 2015, I was driving home from work after a busy day of trail maintenance on the Ara Loop. I was about 15 miles east of Paradise at about 1.30 am, and I was doing about 50 miles per hour. I was driving on the Lewis River Road. It was a beautiful night, and I was enjoying the drive. I had my headlights on high beam and was watching my mirrors to avoid deer, as they frequent this area, and in the past, I've nearly totaled my car in the winter when a large buck jumped out. As I rendered the corner coming out of the forest, I noticed a large dark figure on the side of the road. 
Now immediately I'm on edge because in my mind, I'm imagining this being a large buck about to jump out from my car, and I could not afford the time to make another car payment. I immediately slam on my brakes because I wasn't sure what was going to happen, and I realized it was not a deer because this thing was standing beside a tree on the road's shoulder. So I slowed down even more. I began to focus what little eyesight I had on this creature, and I could see that it was very, very large, probably about 8 feet tall, covered in shaggy long hair that looked very thick and matted. It was hard to tell in the lighting conditions and shadows any real details of the face, but I could tell that it turned to look at me directly and then stopped and stepped off the road into the field. It was obviously aware of my presence and did not seem surprised by me. They continued to walk away from the road into the field, lumbering on two legs. I'm telling you now it was not a bear because it never walked like one. It reminded me of a person on two legs the entire time, the comfortability of bipedally walking. It walked for about a minute, maybe a minute and a half, before I could not see it anymore. I was in shock, to say the least. I drove very slowly for a minute to see if maybe I could see it again, but I eventually lost sight of it. Even though I was in shock, I did not feel too scared. I did not feel threatened. I was just in total awe at what I just saw. It was so huge and very obviously not a bear or a person in a suit. Why would somebody be out here in the middle of nowhere? It also walked very naturally on two legs. I went back to the spot the next day and measured a tree it was standing beside. That's how I know it was around eight and a half feet tall. I've been a park ranger for the better half of eight years now and have never seen anything like this before in my life. I have had other interesting experiences though in the backcountry, but they were mostly while working and related to the environment. People are always throwing around the term Bigfoot, but I have no idea what this was. I'm ignorant, please excuse me, and thank you for your time. If you can provide any information, that would be most helpful. Thank you again. May of 1985, we were dispatched to a rural area of Placer County, California, investigating some possible dog or livestock killings. The crime was that the owners found their dogs dead in the backyard, and one of their goats was taken from the pen and killed, pulled apart like a piece of chicken. What was strange about this is that any animal abducting goats or hens would generally eat on them, not take their prey and pull them apart and leave the body. When we got there, at first, we saw nothing, but when we began to walk around by our cars, we could hear something, something breathing pretty heavily, like it was running and getting closer. So we walked around some more and could see what looked like a little person hiding behind two trees, just about 50 yards out, looking at us. My partner actually recognized it at first, that it looked like a human face or maybe a child but with glowing eyes, crouching down and covered in hair. Then it crouched down all fours and ran away into another tree. I was already shooting at it with my 9mm. It did not move like a human but like that of an animal. That is when it came out of the tree and was on top of me. The rest of the incident is kind of blurry, however, I do know that nobody could find the bullet casings or even see what I had been firing my weapon. I then took them to where the creature was standing when it ran across the road, they still could find nothing. 
The people who worked on the case were stunned by what happened. One man said he would later go back there again if need be. He also claimed that he had been feeling something evil in the area for a while now. Take that as far as you want. Later on, down the road, we also found some dead cattle in another part of the county. We were told by the owner that he had been having problems with some cattle mutilations and thought that this something that I had shot it was also killing his livestock. I know it was not the same thing because the killings were different. Another man who we spoke to had said that this goat that was killed had its stomach completely ripped open just like the others, left there to rot. My report and statement were only taken so far. With this creature having jumped on top of me, I'm surprised it did not kill me, but it did give me some pretty severe trauma that I have to live with. I can tell you that whatever this thing was, it was not a normal human or an animal. This was something else altogether, maybe an unknown species of some kind, something that science probably will deny. I went camping about six months back with a couple friends up in central Oregon. We ended up setting up camp near a trailhead for some creek I'd never heard of. It was public land and there was a dirt road, but it definitely wasn't a campground, no bathrooms, hookups, etc., and we were the only ones there besides a couple people hiking through during the day. As we were zipping up our sleeping bags we all heard this strange metallic clanging sound off in the distance. I can't liken the sound to anything I've ever heard before, it was just kind of a dull, slow metallic clang. It went three times, then silence, then three times again about 20 seconds later. It came from the direction of the highway so we just kinda assumed it was a vehicle or a road sign blowing in the breeze or something, and we went to bed. Well, whatever I had for lunch or dinner wasn't sitting right at all, and there was about to be trouble, so I woke up at around 3.30 in the morning. Even though it was pitch dark and creepy woods and all, I had just about resolved to pick up a flashlight and a roll of TP and do what one does in the woods when there is no toilet, and then suddenly, I heard it again. Except it was louder, and came from the exact opposite direction, deeper into the forest. I noped so hard that I shook my tent mate awake and asked to borrow his car keys and drove 15 miles up the road to an actual campground with a nice safe illuminated bathroom. No idea what it was, but didn't want to find out, especially while pooping. On my first, and final hunting trip, I saw a cryptid. So I was with a group of seasoned hunters, well versed in the ways of the wild. As we made our way deeper into the woods, we occasionally split up to cover more ground. Being the youngest member of the group, I ventured alone into the heart of the forest. They thought it would be funny for Rookie to go somewhere uncharted. Anyhow, the towering trees seemed to close in around me, casting elongated shadows that danced on the forest floor. It was during this solitary journey that I first caught sight of it. Out of nowhere I heard a weird screech, and saw it. A large, dark figure emerging from the shadows, walking upright in my direction. My heart skipped a beat, and instinctively, I sought refuge behind the nearest tree. Trembling with a fear, I peeked around the trunk to catch another glimpse. To my astonishment, the unknown predator was mere feet away, its presence looming over me. 
The creature stood a bit shorter than me, yet its aura exuded an eerie power. Cloaked in darkness, it appeared black against the backdrop of the forest, its form blending seamlessly with the night. As I strained my eyes to discern more details, I noticed the absence of a visible neck, lending an uncanny aspect to its appearance. It paused by the tree I was hiding behind, its head tilted upward, sniffing the air with a nose that pointed skyward. I squinted intently, but there were no discernible eyes to be seen, shrouding this enigma in further mystery. Fear took hold of me, rendering me immobile. My muscles refused to respond, and I stood rooted to the spot, a helpless witness to this encounter with the unknown. My breaths came in shallow gasps, and my mind raced with a thousand thoughts, wondering what this creature was capable of. Just as abruptly as it had arrived, the mysterious creature turned around, moving away from me with an unsettling air of nonchalance. It walked with a casual gait, as if its encounter with me had been nothing more than a fleeting moment in its own enigmatic existence. In that frozen moment, I yearned for the safety of my rifle, the comfort of familiarity and firepower. But fear had gripped me so tightly that my hands remained empty and my instincts stifled. I could not bring myself to act, to defend myself against this unknown predator. Minutes felt like hours as I stood there, grappling with my own terror. Eventually, one of my fellow hunters stumbled upon me. He looked at me with concern etched on his face and asked why I appeared petrified. With a trembling voice, I recounted the haunting encounter, describing the large dark figure in its presence. I mentioned the possibility of a dogman or even a Bigfoot. But instead of understanding or support, my revelation was met with mocking laughter and dismissive remarks. One by one, the hunters called an end to the hunt, their skepticism prevailing over my harrowing experience. They urged me to put my fears aside and join them in their retreat from the wilderness. Yet, deep within me, a flicker of uncertainty remained. The memory of that encounter refused to fade, and the question of what I had truly witnessed lingered in my mind after this encounter, I never went on a hunting trip again. This happened about 5 to 7 years ago when I was 20 years old. My mother, who is a vet, owns a clinic at the edge of town. Although it's a big town with roughly 100,000 people, when I say edge of town, I mean there are cornfields stretching for more than 30 miles to the west and 5 miles to the north, with intermittent forestry in that area. On this particular day, I accompanied my mother to check on a dog that had been receiving extensive treatment overnight at the clinic. Additionally, there was a small pug weighing around 9 to 15 pounds that had stayed there overnight. I offered to take the pug outside to do his business, saving my mom one more chore. The back of the clinic faced a grass-covered pond or marsh, which dried up from time to time. The grass in that area was about 3 to 4 feet tall. I don't recall if it was late winter, early spring, or early fall, but there was no snow, and the grass was tall, so my guess is it was early fall. The front of the clinic faced a road and other commercial buildings, like a Menard store and some offices. However, the back of the building, as I mentioned earlier, was very undeveloped. Inside the clinic, there were some leftover cookies, and being a kid, 
I grabbed one and started munching on it while waiting for the pug to finish. I'm not particularly fond of sweets, so I got halfway through the cookie and decided I'd had enough. I recall the night having a vaguely eerie feeling, which is not uncommon in the Midwest. If you're from the Midwest, you'll understand what I mean. It was unusually quiet, even more so than usual. Typically, the pond is full of sounds, frogs, insects, and the like, but as I mentioned, it wasn't summer or spring, so I brushed it off as well. Lost interest in my cookie, I decided to throw it into the grass, hoping small critters would enjoy it as a snack. I launched the half cookie into the grass, maybe 15 yards at most. I don't have a great arm, and it was only half a cookie, so it didn't go very far. It landed in a taller thicket of grass towards the east, towards the Menard store next door. From the west, where there was nothing but undeveloped land, I suddenly heard and saw something roughly the size of a deer or a person taking off as soon as my cookie landed. It was heading straight for it. Now, I know deer since I live in the country and I'm familiar with local wildlife. I know how deer move, but this thing moved like a person. It was as pale as paper and had no fur whatsoever. I could still see its spine pushing against its skin. There was no arch to its back, flat to arch like you would see in a quadrupedal animal pulling with its front legs. Instead, it moved like an ape or a person, hunched over, its spine never straightening. It ran on two legs in an inhuman way. All I could see was the shiny, semi-reflective skin of its back, about two feet of it, stopping where its neck or shoulders should have started. It had no large shoulder blades like a deer or a dog, or any quadruped. Instead, it had a narrow chest, resembling that of a sight hound or a deer, but bipedal, with ball and socket shoulders. Not to mention, deer don't run towards things you throw in the grass, they are skittish. The moment that Cookie landed, both the dog and I froze. I had never been frozen by fear before, but that's how I felt at that moment. We just watched it for two to five seconds as it ran from one end of the grass to where my cookie had landed. Then it disappeared, and I heard it running away from me. Once I couldn't hear it anymore, I immediately decided to go back inside. The dog, however, needed a small tug on the leash to convince him, but that was it. If you know small dogs, you'll know they are obnoxious and overly brave, barking at everything they don't know. But this dog never made a peep, and as soon as it realized I wanted to leave, it was in complete agreement. I am not one to believe in the paranormal or religion, but this was something I could never explain. I know what deer look like, and this thing was no albino, hairless deer. It was something else, and the windigo is all I can think of, with its emaciated body and pale white skin. I'm starting to think that the Native Americans had a reason for their stories. I can still remember that night in perfect detail, and it still raises the hair on the back of my neck. I was backpacking by myself for the first time along the Lake Superior hiking trail in Minnesota. On day two, my mind started to mess with me. On a part of the path that intersects with a snowmobiling trail, I found a nice, shady log to sit on and rest. I put my head on my backpack and closed my eyes for a bit. I wasn't sleeping, but I was actively daydreaming in a rest state.
I don't remember anything, but at one point my own mind said and I remember nothing. Instantly, I sat up straight, fully awake, and I could not recall a single thing I was daydreaming about. Sure, you don't remember your dreams or daydreams a lot, but it was so weird that my mind literally stated that it was forgetting something. Also, on the third day, which was my last day, I spent an hour in the dark marching through the trail just so I wouldn't have to set up camp so close to my car. Once I made it to my car, I changed, put my soaked hiking shoes on the trunk of my car to dry off and tried to pass out in my back seat. I don't remember if I was sleeping or not, but all of a sudden I remember thinking to myself Mr. Chinchilla, you need to get your shoes from on top of the trunk. What if someone steals them? Immediately after that, I heard a voice that sounded eerily similar to my friend's voice. She said but Mr. Chinchilla, you said you would leave them on the trunk. You should just continue to sleep. I replied out loud but I need to get them. They're expensive. Getting out the car, I retrieved my shoes, enjoyed the amazing sky for a few minutes, and went back to my car and fell asleep. What was really weird about the second one was that I didn't hear the voice in my head, but I actually heard it. It was much different than what my head voice narrated. I didn't think much of it until the next morning. Albeit, these examples are not creepy, and can probably be explained by seclusion and exhaustion, I just find it weird how your own mind can mess with you. I have other examples during the same hike, but these two are the most extreme. I was in the Navy and we spent a lot of time out at sea. I've seen mysterious clouds go into machines. The next few hours that machine would break down. No reason. Not all the technicians and actual designers could explain what happened or why. I've seen a headless shipmate floating about. Machines would break, turn off for no reason. I would call out shipmate and the machine turns on immediately after. Chicken bones. A particular machine was a chronic offender. Then out of spite slash desperation the technicians placed chicken bones at the bottom of the cabinet. Machine behaved. Come next audit inspection. They found the chicken bones and ordered them removed. Within four hours while the audit team was still around the machine failed without explanation or cause. It had to be replaced. There are stories of topsiders who saw, heard things that scared them so much they refused to go into parts of the ship or even stand watch in certain areas again. I want to post this one dream I had like two years ago that I just remembered. The dream kind of went like this. I went back up north to visit cousins, they live up in the mountains. I remember it being night outside while I was in the house but I spotted a deer outside. For whatever reason I remember following it into the woods and from there it lead me to a clearing. In there was a windigo and we just stared at each other for a good minute. I remember it saying something to me but I forgot what it said. But from there it offered me some form of meat probably human which for some reason I ate. I remember the dream then cutting back to me leaving my cousin's house but I also remember freaking out and hearing a voice in my head but that's when I woke up. I also don't know if this is related but two weeks before I took some mushrooms and remember having a trip where I was running through a forest but when I came back to reality I found myself bidding my hand for some reason. 
Does these events mean something? My brother was bear hunting near the Mexican border and had been out for a few days. Around dusk on day three, he started to head out of the canyon. On the trail, a very large tree branch that wasn't previously there, was now blocking his path. This is where being aware of your surroundings is important. As he bent down to take his pack off, he heard voices in the canyon below. He accidentally snapped a branch, and all over the voices stopped, then all he heard was multiple people running in different directions, forming a circle around him. He hunkered down and sent a text out to our family, unsure if anyone got it. Only my father and I knew where he was, and I was 400 miles away. My mom couldn't find my dad, my sister-in-law was frantic, and nobody thought to ask me. So my while my brother is worried if anyone got his text, my family is worried they won't find my dad in time. Eventually they found him at the gym and notified the sheriff's department before heading out to show them where my brother was presumed to be. As night wore on, my brother slipped off his boots and pulled out his 40 caliber. At that point, he realized he was sitting in the bear piss scent he had tracked in, so not only did he have humans to worry about, the bear he had been tracking may very well now be tracking him. He knew his truck was about a one-fourth mile away and he's a fast guy, so he was preparing to make a mad dash for it. Then a border patrol helicopter swooped in the canyon below, floodlights lighting the canyon up like Christmas Eve. My brother slipped his boots on, holstered his pistol, and started to hike out. Wasn't too long before he encountered a border patrol agent who then informed him that his wife was very angry and was waiting for him at the trailhead. It was about midnight. We think they set up the ambush so they could steal his truck that was parked at the base of the game trail he was on. By the time the sheriffs and border patrol found him, he had been hunkered down for four plus hours. If he had not been in camo, I'm not sure he would have been able to wait them out, as they came within 20 to 30 feet of him at one point. After finding my brother, the border patrol caught 11 drug smugglers in the same canyon that night. Okay for some background story this takes place at my buddy's house deep in the woods, he has a lot of outside dogs, we live in southern Maryland so I've already crossed out the possibility that it was a skinwalker, so it's about 2.30 in the morning and my friend's dogs start going absolutely crazy so me and my friend peek our heads out his window and to the right we see this tall moose thing with no flesh on its face it was just straight skull, Therese no moose in Maryland. The moose walks behind a tree and disappeared after we yelled at it. Me and my buddy run outside to where it was and there wasn't a single track or sign that anything was even there but we know what we saw. A few years later I was out hunting with a friend when we lost legal light. So we hiked back to the truck and hit the road and his parents knew Ford half ton, the ones with the sensors all over the vehicle. We had some music playing as we were just heading back towards town again, when the music started acting weird and cutting in and out with static, so me being in the passenger seat, disconnected the Bluetooth and reconnected the phone. Music cleared up and we continued down the road. We got up to the kilometer board on the road that my previous encounter took place and I mentioned, oh hey, 
That's the whistle block that we logged a couple years back. Half jokingly because I couldn't make heads or tails of it. My friend replied, Guri Iyad, thanks for that. As I had told him the story before. We continued slowly driving down the road because it gets pretty rough in a couple spots and the road has a few sharp turns and an S-bend. Well we go about a kilometer further and the music starts screeching and doing what we can only describe as alien noises. So I disconnect the Bluetooth again and my friend says, Oh, mom's got a cord in here. So he stops and gets the cord for me, I plug the phone in and play music again. Another kilometer down the road and the phone goes ape, shh, t. I mean loud alien squealing and sounds similar to that, shh, t dial up internet noise from the 90s. We had started into the S-Bend when this was happening and we shut the music off completely as we are driving still, making the one half of the S-Turn and then we both look up from the music deck slash screen and the headlight illuminate a figure standing in the middle of the road. So we swerve and take the ditch a bit still going probably 30 kilometers an hour, and get the truck back up on the road. We continue coasting down the road as we are both in awe after just seeing a flash of this thing. I finally say after what seemed like 5 quiet minutes, man did you just see. My friend cuts me off and says, a F skeleton in the middle of the road? I say, yeah. Like a white rib cage, and a deer skull for a face? He finishes. I said, turn around, what the F was that? Does someone need our help? Not thinking that we are in the middle of nowhere, with no vehicles around or any that we had passed from other hunters it was early season and no one bow hunts here anyways. My friend said, I'm not turning around, I feel sick. Like I'm going to throw up. And he continued driving. We didn't see another vehicle until we hit pavement again. It was taller than the pickup by easily a couple feet. I'm 6 feet 1 and my forehead is at the top of the window for reference. It is black surrounding the white of the bones with long arms half stretched to its sides as if it was saying try and hit me. I watched this thing pass the passenger window and stared up at it as we wailed by it, and it was definitely three-dimensional, tall with long arms and dark. Dead looking. Like light was sucked into it without reflecting anything hard to explain. When we hit service again my friend received a text message from his mother saying, what did you two idiots hit in my brand new truck? I guess the new Ford send near accident reports to the owner when the sensors pick up something? I'm an old school Chevy guy so I don't know ha. The only thing I can find online that resembles what we both saw is a Windigo without the antlers. Or the headlights didn't illuminate them anyway. My fiance's farm has had a problem with whatever it is for years. However, it really Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Really hadn't been an issue as much as a presence. Like having a cougar on your land. You know it's there and could attack at any second. But it just doesn't. Our home is old, by the way very old. And two of the beams in the basement are made up of giant logs that may have come from the woods behind the field. So anyways. The first time its presence was seen, I was on the phone with my guy and he was sitting in his mom's car at night. We were teenagers then. That's when he noticed in this, admittedly really odd looking, twisted tree that's outside a creature that was large and in his words looked like a man becoming a beast. He carefully, calmly, got out of the car and hurried inside. It didn't seem to notice him. There's still claw marks on the tree. Not bear-like or cat-like. I looked up the area and back then, Google's so messed up now, I can no longer find it, that a Wendigo King has the hunting ground of the entire length of the creek that is down the road. It was this time of year and he said when he saw it, he heard laughter and war drums. Then I moved here years later. One night I saw what I thought was a red reflector by our mailbox. I was confused about who put that there, it hadn't been that morning, as I turned my headlights towards the box to better see, the red circle suddenly pulled back into the massive field across the street. As our friend and I got out of the car he said he saw something that wasn't an animal standing in the field. We hurried inside. This was autumn. The next autumn I was driving home alone and saw that same red reflector bobbing across the street. When I approached it suddenly whipped around like a startled animal and the light zoomed back into the field. I refused to leave the truck without someone coming for me. I should add I've seen that same light pacing the upstairs of the barn, through the window. Next time was during the 4th of July and we were having a small party. And had the barn door open. When dusk began I saw it. Giant, maybe as big as a horse. It looked like a man with no hair. Grayish purple, I suppose frostbitten colored, skin. Naked. Incredibly skinny as though it has no organs. A big grin on its face which seemed to be either because its lips were forcibly pulled back over its mouth or perhaps it had no lips or cheeks. Big hands and feet, and no antlers. Walking into the barn like a wolf reminded me of something out of Bloodborne. Its eyes were black at the moment. I told my guy and he didn't believe me as I was begging him to help me close the barn. There's openings in the back it could leave from but the door being open didn't feel right after that, then his great aunt asked did anyone see that little girl go into the barn? 
It's well known by our family that a ghost of a small girl in white roams the farm and is well liked by us. He immediately agreed after that. Then nothing more. Occasionally I feel something reach out for me as I walk around at night but I've read about W's when I was young and there's many spiritual things about me that seem to keep me safe. Regardless I carry a buck knife when I travel at night just in case I have to defend myself. But then his mom left. His mom is very unhealthy and gluttonous in every form. Over two years without her and our farm was peaceful. We had been caring for his grandfather, who always said something dark followed him around. And in the last week of his life weird things kept happening. Then he died suddenly and nobody knows why. I had stated earlier that month that the more his mom was showing up again and the more we cleaned up and worked on the farm, the angrier something seemed to get. In fact, a few weeks before something grabbed onto my guy's father in the barn and make horrible screeches when he put up the mower after dark. There was also one night the barn got left open by him and as we were headed inside we heard the neighbors screaming. But my guy assured me that he hears them do that every few months. However while the men sound like they're getting murdered the woman always sounds fake. But I always hated their house because turkey vultures obsessively circle their plot. Like a lot, sometimes 20. So then two nights ago, my guy had to help his mom, who's now situated herself into his grandma's home like the parasite she is, for almost two weeks. Things had been feeling peaceful and earlier that day I had been hoping that grandpa captured the creature inside his body and it was going to be killed when he got cremated. Well. Then they heard the lady neighbor screaming. Repeatedly. Inhumanly. From our pond. Before that they thought they heard a sound like a cat growl as well. Well now his dumb mother is going around personifying it as she and saying she's a witch but that she's nice and spoke to her and she don't mean no harm. I've been a practicing white witch my whole life. That is an evil spirit. She's a fool. Furthermore, as she was blabbing that to my boyfriend's sister who was driving home at night a deer suddenly exploded out of nowhere and destroyed her car. This sister was wanting to inherit the land around the pond. Mid-May we had also had a deer jump in front of us so fast it seemed impossible. Biggest deer I had ever seen and impossibly beautiful looking. Thankfully many people stayed with us while the cops got there. But ever since she had been visiting the last month worse and worse things have been happening. Which brings me to today. To me, myself. My guy was gone early today to help his uncle out. I was sleeping alone for the first time in months. I had a nightmare. It was that you sent me home from the food pantry because you had more stuff to do, but it was night. So I parked near next door cause the food was for them and got out, and suddenly your mom came out from behind the house and was talking to me and I was just trying to get done quickly. But then I realized the whole time she was over I couldn't quite make out her face. So I started turning my flashlight onto her and your mom was like oh, honey, now you don't want to do that. And when I did it was like seeing a refracted shadow. Like behind this vague silhouette was the appearance of your mom's hair and hands and feet but the shadow was in front with this incomplete appearance of her in the back. And when I realized what it was my heart stopped and I started slowly backing up to their porch as this terrifyingly powerful man's voice said you don't want to do that. Before my head erupted with terrifying music and that voice laughing maniacally, 
enough to drive someone insane. But I kept continually calmly going to the porch as I began to forcibly pray and say in the name of God and Jesus leave me alone and Christ compels you and all that stuff. This is what I had text him. It was horrifying. And I could sense it didn't want to devour me. It wanted to keep me. I said I was a practicing witch, but I also have been confirmed as a Catholic and I have a belief that's parts of every old religion and some of my own beliefs that I've formed from things I've been witness to. I awoke feeling like something was at my back. But my oldest cats were laying on me. Defensively. They're all still laying in bed with me and hadn't really in a long time. As I tried to get back to sleep I prayed for my home and family to be kept safe. For positive energy to cover the land. And for evil spirits to be cast off of our land. Over and over and over until I finally fell back to sleep and had no more dreams. I have the most knowledge of mythical beings. I sing many songs while I work outside, including Cherokee songs. I work the land the old-fashioned way. I respect the land. Animals love me. And I've always felt that my soul is very very old. Like it's been recycled for many lives. People always have called me a godsend as well because I'm at the right place at the right time to help. I don't quite know what it wanted of me but it didn't work because I'd previously been visited in my dreams many times by a demon who insisted my soul belonged to him, only for me to deny him each time. This being when I was only a teenager. What I need is help to keep it off our land. At this rate my guy's mom is going to be killed by it. Or bring it closer to us all with her horrific miasma of an aura. I was already planning on planting sage and smudging the house as well. I've previously done so before. But if there's anything else we can do I'd appreciate it. Any help at all. And I also know its hunting ground is indeed as vast as the creek is because a co-worker who lives at the other end, we're near one ending point, caught it on video when he was walking at night and showed me. Its eyes looked like the red reflector I kept seeing. It seems to like to rest in our barn. But it's always been that we leave it be and it leaves us be. Please help. I downloaded the app so I can easily check back. Only serious answers please. I know there are skeptics to many things, I respect everyone's opinions and personal beliefs. But this is very serious. Also I should add that as far as I know there are no reservations around here at all. But that his great grandfather was part Native American. Don't know what tribe. Thank you for any assistance. This has been over the course of roughly 10 years by the way. When I was younger my parents were stationed off the Queen Charlotte Islands in the Canadian Navy. They used to take me out with them on the boat and stuff when I was younger so I saw tons of killer whales and all that neat stuff. My father and his navy friends had a game when they were far out into the ocean where they would swim under their ship from one side to the other. It was uneventful and not that dangerous as the ships weren't massive warships. Anyways one time they're all doing it. My dad goes under comes up laughing. A few people go. Then his friend goes. His friend comes up says nothing sits down white as a ghost. He explains that while he was under the boat he opened his eyes and saw an incredibly large shadowed figure moving directly under him. Not a whale or any kind o animal and he was genuinely terrified. 
He's spent his whole life on the ocean and has never seen anything close to what he saw. From then on I believe he was transferred inland as he had a strong phobia of deep dark water. I was 7 years old when one day I was walking towards the couch I decided to look up my steps as I walked by. I saw standing on the top of my steps a tall shadow figure. All I can see is an outline of its hat, which looked like a short top hat that Undertaker uses. Didn't watch wrestling at that time, I could even notice a long trench coat. I stared at him for a couple of seconds and he was gone. Then out of nowhere he stretched his leg towards the other room. I went to check, I don't know why I wasn't scared at the time, entered the room where the shadow person went in and nothing. I remember when I walked down my steps I noticed another shadow figured on my wall located by the steps. I went back to my room grab a metal hanger and went back to the shadow figured. It kinda looked like a mix of a pigeon and bat but it was black almost looked like the alien symbiote that turned Spider-Man into Venom. So I decided to poke it with the metal hanger. As soon as I touched it, it dissipated like as if Thanos snapped his fingers. This will always be in the back of my mind maybe it was a dream or maybe I'm wishing it was. Deep down in my soul I know what I saw was real. While in the middle of the Atlantic my ship in 1999 was followed by a ball of light. I was on the Snoopy team and rushed out to see this ball of light that at first we thought was the rare ball lightning. But this thing followed the ship for about 8 nautical miles. It then flew up supersonic not breaking the sound barrier. We lost sight of it till it just appeared on the port side and came across the flight deck. The captain was about to call general quarters but it was almost like it sensed that we were getting nervous and it left. Shortly after we picked up some chatter from a Portuguese fishing ship that said a large firefly was bothering them. That was it on that occasion. We have always seen things flying above us, but they were not close enough to have any credible witness. We are treasure divers from Key West and we were out fishing late night or early morning. Everyone that has spent time on the water knows the witching hour on the sea is about 2 a.m. to 5.30. It was about 5 a.m. and with the sun coming up, and the water gin clear we could see our chumming was bringing some interesting critters to the surface. Some big sharks cruised by, and different things too but suddenly one of the guys screamed out. Look at the size of this manta ray on the port side. At the same time, another guy said, wait. I can see him on starboard side too. And he is wider than the boat. He was too, over 18-20 feet wide and he lazily cruised under us and circled back again and again. The sea has many secrets and she hasn't given up many of them despite what people and scientists claim. We know more about the moon than we do the deepest oceans and our seas. Recently a friend told me she met people in the southwest that claim extraterrestrials live in the deep ocean and have been there for a long time. They claim they're safe there because humans can't live and survive in the deepest oceans. My friend's brother works as firefighter in Korea, but he used to work as diving instructor. Near end of his college years, one of the jobs he took was diver, as in someone who dives to retrieve the bodies of drowned people.
While he didn't get a lot of cases, I remember him telling me this one story about his experience. On this particular day, he was diving in a river after it flooded due to typhoon. They had report of a drowned person, and they were searching for the body. After an hour of searching, his colleague informed that he found a body, and few divers went to retrieve it. The water was murky, but you could still make out figures in the water. When the divers were close to retrieving the body, the search party leader told everyone to surface. Back on the ship, he explained that this body shouldn't be touched because unlike normal bodies that float on water, this one was standing in middle of water. Apparently, in Asian cultures, grim reapers can't cross over water, so people who drown must replace their spot with another person in order to pass on to afterlife, and the standing corpses are the ones that are looking for people to replace their spots. Also, these spots with standing corpses are more likely to have underwater whirlpools or currents that can trap people easily. They marked the spot and checked it every day, and retrieved the body after three days when it floated on top of the water. I was fishing a lazy little river bend in southern Indiana one summer. I had ridden my motorcycle into the middle of nowhere. Stopped to fish off of a little dirt road. A few hours later I had wandered up and down the bank a good ways. I end up getting pretty hung up in what appeared to be a decently deep area. After fighting the line for a bit I decided to cut the line and my losses and call it a day. I took my knife and snipped the line. Started back up the bank towards the bike and noticed a glint of something shinning in the water. I got closer, waited for the current to clear up a bit and could make out a car bumper. I got down in the water a bit and could make out an old 70s-ish sedan sitting almost nose up in the water. Extremely intrigued I decided to come back in a few days when the water cleared up, we had just got a decent amount of rain so cloudy water conditions, I come back a few days later. Water cleared up well and since it's flows for a while over limestone it was mostly clear. I could make out several cars down in the water. Two old sedans and a pickup. They had been there for a very long time. Years ATL East. I called the local DNR to report it. They said they'd send someone out to take a look. I end up in the area a few months later and just swing by out of blind wonder and the deep hole was devoid of all cars. No telling what the hell the deal was. It did freak me out at first. Sorry for the rant. Lots of coffee this am. So just like that, something I couldn't see lifted the edge of my bed. I had my TV on a static channel, but had recently gotten in trouble for all my lights being on at night, I've always been afraid of what's in the dark, but my parents couldn't afford the light bill, so I knew I had to turn it off before I fell asleep. I finally got the guts to do so, and I nestle in under my covers to cower until I fall asleep. I'm drifting a little bit, happy nothing scared me that night. When all of a sudden the top right corner of my bed in relation to me lifts up a good foot and a half before falling back down, thumping me along with it. I had just a mattress cause I like that sort of thing, just laying on the floor by the wall. They didn't lift at all, just the corner by my head. A holes. I jump up so fast and ran to the living room. I checked on all my siblings, checked to hear if my mom and dad were sleeping, 
and everyone in the house was. I woke my parents reluctantly, but I was sobbing. They told me I could sleep in the living room but I got the creeps in there worse, so I just broke the rules and went to bed with the lights on. But literally to this day I am taken aback. The memory doesn't scare me, it's been a good 15 years and I now threaten the things I can't see back like a crazy head so they know I mean business, but it was so real. It happened. And I can't explain it from today's science. Had to be a ghosty or something. So this happened years ago, easily 7 plus. I was hanging out late night or early morning with this chick I had been talking to. Throughout the night, we had been enjoying the night sky, looking at the moon which was very high in the sky, and just overall enjoying a beautiful summer night. It was around 2am 3am and she decided to walk home, leaving me alone to smoke a cigarette before I left myself. As I smoked, I looked up at the eastern horizon and just above the horizon line, I noticed what looked like a very dim, more dark planet. It was larger than the moon, probably 1.5 by the size of the moon that I could still visibly see much higher in the sky. This dim dark planet was moving very fast, as the sun and moon also do when rising or setting. It rose rapidly and disappeared in the darkness of the night sky. What could this have been? I don't think it was image refraction in the atmosphere, as the moon was so far away from this planet's position in the sky, and it was too early for the sun to even be close enough to cause anything like this to occur. I'm very curious to hear ideas on what this could have been. I like to explain things logically and most things can be explained by everyday stuff. For example, someone says that there's a ghostly knocking in their home. They're terrified of it and it ends up being a loose pipe that knocks when the water is turned on and off. I have one of these pipes in my home. It's loud. So with that out of the way I would like to share. This just happened to me about 10 minutes ago or less and I'm confused and slightly alarmed. I was getting ready for bed and I like to sit and play on my phone before bed. The lights are all on and I'm just sitting on my side with my phone in my hand. My boyfriend isn't there at the moment he was in the bathroom. So I'm sitting there and all of the sudden I see a bright yet small and focused beam of light coming from seemingly under his pillow at an angle coming towards me. I wasn't scared of it. It's a light. I have many items that create light. Headphones, his watch, my phone, and more. So I'm thinking oh he must have forgot his watch in bed and it made a weird light flash for a notification. Big problem though. There's nothing under the pillow. I lifted it up and looked carefully as to not knock the thing out of the bed, whatever it may have been, and there's nothing. So I'm like okay maybe it rolled away and I keep searching. I can't find the object or a source of this beam. The flash was only for a second. A full second. It wasn't super short but it wasn't so fast that I could blame it on me imagining it. I was looking right at it man. I saw the beam clear as day. It was so clear that I thought I must have left something in the bed or maybe my boyfriend did. Clear as day. Right in front of my eyes. I couldn't find a source. I removed all the pillows and felt around. There's nothing. My headphones are not in the bed. My boyfriend's watch is in the other room. 
My phone was in my hand. His phone was on the floor charging. WTF. I told him and he was chill about it and is now sleeping directly on the spot where the ghost light was so that makes one of us chill with it. I'm not scared of it. Maybe I am, but I'm more curious and want to get to the bottom of this. I don't know any more guys. It was right in front of me clear as day. I don't know. It came from under the pillow and there's nothing there. I worked for a non-profit that relied on big donations from very wealthy donors. This meant cultivating relationships with some very wealthy people. One of the donors I was tasked with shepherding, let's call him Dan, invited me out for a weekend yachting off of slash around slash near Catalina. I was excited, my partner gets seasick, so we never did boat trips even though we lived near the coast. Our first night out was beautiful, and we're all lounging on the deck of this gorgeous yacht talking about eerie ocean stuff. Dan mentions that he has this thin, inflatable rollout panel that he tethers to the boat and lets float out in the water, with 100 feet or so of rope. That people can use as a sort of swimming platform, like this, maybe a bit bigger. We get the idea that we should unfurl this thing into the darkness and experience the freakiness of it at night. I was equal parts frightened and curious, as was everyone else. So a group of four of us did it while two people stayed on the boat. We get the thing out, slide it into the water, check the rope, and push off. It's pretty instantly terrifying, you can see the dim lights on the boat, but after about 40 feet it seems really, really far away but it was undeniably awesome, too. We're chatting quietly to ourselves, but mostly we're being quiet and just taking in the weird mix of fear and awe of being so close to the water in the middle of the night. We get to the point where the tether gets taut and you can immediately feel the current tugging us away from the big boat. Which, again, freaky but we're confidently tied to the big boat. It's hard to see much of anything other than a few lights on Catalina, we're on the ocean side, not the bay side, even though we're not far from shore. I lie back flat on the platform and everyone else does the same. The water wasn't rough but it was moving, so you get rocked in random directions, splashes of water that lip up over the edge and get everyone wet. It was nice. All of a sudden the feeling of the waves, kind of random and choppy, transitions to a very smooth swell, which makes us all gasp, we're rising, 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 quickly but smoothly, and everyone jolts upright. There's virtually no light from the moon, but it's enough for us to notice the gigantic thing just under the surface of the water from us. As soon as we notice it it's already passing, and it sets in that it must be a massive, massive whale moving right below us, maybe a foot or two down, and we're feeling the water displacement from it. No one makes a peep. I immediately grab the tether and start pulling us in. Others start to help. No one makes a sound until we get back to the big boat, which no one leaves for the rest of the trip. It's all we talk about for the next 24 hours. Needless to say I now have a healthy fear of the ocean, especially at night. People are tiny, ocean is big. I'll start by saying I'm 35 male and have been in the military my entire adult life. I consider myself logical, 
objective and pragmatic and don't really subscribe to anything paranormal or anything that involves speculation or faith in general. I only believe in what I personally experience, and this is by far the most unexplainable thing that I've experienced. On my wall in my old apartment was a Pearl Jam set list in a cheap black plastic frame. A long-time friend of mine came to visit one night and we go out for a few drinks. A few drinks turned into a few more and we both got pretty drunk. We walk back to my place, more like stumble, and enter the apartment. The set list is on the wall that the apartment door opens into and when we came in, the set list falls off the wall and a piece of plastic that runs along the length of the frame breaks off when it hits the ground. The piece that broke off was about 2 inches long and less than half an inch wide. It wasn't super noticeable but I figured, no big deal I'll replace the frame at some point. I considered super gluing it but since it's like a $30 frame I'll just get a new one. Cut to 6 months later, I'm driving home at around 7am after working a night shift. I randomly think to myself shit, I need to get a new frame and decide to take a look at it when I get home. I walk into my apartment, drop my work bag and immediately turn to the frame set list and pull it off the wall to examine it. When I take it off the wall, I realize the frame isn't broken at all. The piece I remembered coming off wasn't broken and the frame was in perfect condition. At this point I'm thinking what the F? Why do I remember this being broken? Whatever, I'm not going to give too much thought to something that isn't an issue right? Cool. I place the frame back on the wall and bend down to take off my boots. As I'm untying my boot, the frame falls and hits the ground. I grab the frame, pick it up and turn it towards me to see that the frame had just now broken exactly in the way that I remembered it being broken. A long skinny piece breaking off the long portion of the frame. I immediately started looking for evidence that I had super glued it and there's none. I thought maybe I must have and forgot I guess? That would have been obvious and I would have noticed that when I initially took it off the wall to inspect it. I immediately called my brother to tell him about it and was blown away and pretty freaked out. It's really the only thing that's ever happened to me that I cannot explain. I ran through every option and I can't make sense of it. I was under the influence of alcohol when it happened, or so I thought, and then coming off a night shift when it broke, again? But that doesn't explain why I have a memory of an event that apparently never happened, then it happened in the same exact fashion as the memory I already had. The mental image of the broken frame I had in my mind is precisely how it broke right in front of me. Has anyone else ever experienced anything like that? My husband and daughter and I flew to Europe. Before we left, I got my nails painted, something I hardly ever do. While on the flight, my husband and I watched a movie, we looked over and seen my daughter passed out in her seat, we laughed because she had said she was going to stay up the whole flight, typical teenager. We finished our movie and we fell asleep, I don't know for how long, but I woke up and I looked at my husband and he woke up and looked at me. I smiled and I looked down at my nails and I noticed a scratch across my thumbnail where the paint had been removed, it was scratched from left to right. I looked at him and I told him look at my nail, he said what did you do, I said I don't know, maybe it was getting the luggage up? He said you should have just let me do it I said yeah and put my hand down. 
We ended up falling back to sleep. We woke up when we were about to land. I looked at my nail in disappointment, and the nail polish was back. I looked at my husband in total confusion and held my hand up to him to show him my thumb. He looked shocked and grabbed my hand and twisted my thumb to see if it had been by accident we seen it scratched, but no, it was perfect. I said okay, so you remember me showing you my Polish scratched off right? He said yeah, I said which way was it scratched and he drew on my thumbnail left to right. I was in shock. My daughter asked what's wrong? I said while you were sleeping I noticed my nail polish was scratched off, but when I just woke up it's back on, your dad and I both seen it off, she said I was awake the whole trip, I didn't see you talking, you were sleeping the whole trip. I looked at my husband and he said no you were the one sleeping. We have never understood what happened, I think it's either alternate or parallel dimensions or aliens lol. Thought I would share this. Edit. I forgot to mention that the dog we took with us on this trip, had a totally different personality after.